Welcome to the Erie First Podcast, the weekly message series featuring Pastor Nicole Schreiber. We're so glad you're listening with us today. We're making our way through our series called God Strong. In this series, we're discovering some regular practices that we can do to be spiritually stronger in our walk with God. Last week, Pastor Quint Lindblad shared with us some ways we can worship with our whole lives. Today, Pastor Nicole is picking up where Pastor Quint left off and exploring the vital importance of participating in the expressions of worship in such a way that we actually lift up our lives as a sacrifice of praise. Let's get started this week. Here's Pastor Nicole. This morning, uh, we're continuing our series called God Strong. And if you haven't gotten a bracelet, there's like 10 left, so clean them out today or take one home for maybe a family member who uh, can't make it to church. These are just intended to remind us all week long what we are focusing on right now um, so that you remember between Sundays uh, that we're working on being God strong. You know, the truth is uh, the future is uncertain. Anybody agree with me? Okay, the future is uncertain. We hope that we are through the worst of these closings and restrictions because of COVID-19, but nobody really knows for sure. And we don't even know what else we may face in our lifetime. We didn't know this was coming. And so the goal of God Strong is really become, for us to become followers of Christ who are strong in our faith, who can grow in our faith, even if everything that we, the tools we use to grow are stripped away from us, like gathering together in, for worship in a building. And so what we're talking about over these next few weeks are things that we can do, regular practices that can make our spiritual life strong, even if we can't do all the typical things that we do together. So over the course of these uh, next several weeks, we've been looking at spiritual disciplines, and we've been looking at them behind us as well to make us God strong. And spiritual disciplines are regular practices that benefit our spiritual life and produce fruit. Okay, here's some important words in that sentence. Regular practices. That means we do them regularly. We do them often. I think this is a great time to uh, create habits because we've basically uh, taken everything away from our typical lives and we're filling it back up. So while you're filling back up your regular rhythms of your life, make sure that you're putting these God strong disciplines in your life. And these benefit our spiritual life and they produce fruit. Now fruit, you can go and pick off a tree, right? You pick an apple or uh, you pick things off a tree. You can actually see it. And so spiritual disciplines are really something that we should be able to see. We should be different than we were before. So we should be different than we were three months ago or six months ago. We should be more patient, more kind, have more self-control. That's the fruit. So you really know these spiritual disciplines are working if you're seeing the fruit that they are actually producing. So this is what we've covered so far. Uh, Bible intake, the importance of reading and consuming God's word. Uh, We've covered prayer, uh, specifically the action that we have to put toward prayer and how we can pray the scripture. And last week, Pastor Quint talked about worship. And so today, I want to also talk about worship as a spiritual discipline in our Christian life. And that's why uh, we saved the majority of our worship time at the end, because I'm going to talk to you about what the Word of God says, and then we're going to practice it, okay? Everybody in for it? All right. So there is this moment in the Scripture that helps us define what Jesus means when he asks us to worship. So just for a moment, I want you to picture in your mind, what does worship look like to you? Just picture it in your mind. What does worship look like to you? And the reason why I want you to picture it in your mind is because what Jesus described to this woman may not be what you expect. It may not be what we picture in our minds. So it happens in John 4, and Jesus is talking with a Samaritan woman, 
And this woman is an outcast. Um, she's not at the top of society. In fact, she's pretty broken. She's caught up in some really unhealthy things. And Jesus is just reading her mail. He just approaches her and he, he tries, he, he just talks to her right through all of the, the things that, the defense mechanisms that she has. In fact, um, she attempts to avoid what Jesus is saying with sarcasm and flippant answers. Nobody in here understands how we do that, right? Because he's like, okay, okay, Jesus, you're just getting in my space a little bit. I mean, this is a little bit too personal that you know all these things about my life that I've never told anybody. And, and I, I love this moment because I think what we see here is that we serve a God that sees the best in us. Isn't that good news today? That we serve a God that sees right through our sarcasm and right through our defense mechanism and right through all the things we don't want anyone touching about our lives. And we see a God that sees the best in us, a God who is so patient, a God whose kindness is so persistent. And so Jesus encourages the woman with the love of God and, and that breaks her hard heart. He doesn't condemn her. He doesn't say, you need to admit to all these things that you're doing. He doesn't give her a hard time. He just encourages her with the love of God and that breaks her heart. And, and, and they have this moment together where Jesus confronts her about her sinful ways and then shares the truth about who he is to her. And the woman says, look, I need water from this well. And I just came here for this. Like, I'm not looking for all this other stuff you're giving me. I just need water from this well. And Jesus says, you know what? You don't even know what you need, actually. <laughs> you thought that's what you needed. But here's the thing. Everyone who drinks this water will get thirsty again. You'll be back here tomorrow and the next day and the next day. But I'm living water. I'm water that will satisfy. I am a spring of welling water that leads to eternal life. And so we watch in John 4, 23, Jesus says to the woman, Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in the spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit, and the worshipers must worship in the spirit and in the truth. And so Jesus is telling this woman, and he's telling us even today, that God is actively seeking worshipers. He's looking for Worshippers, And then Jesus says, okay, I'm going to explain to you how to worship. And what he does not say, I think, is so fascinating to us, okay? He does not say, this is how you worship. You clap on beats two and four, or it might be one and three. I don't know. Quint does the worship, so I leave that up to him. He doesn't say, you got to kneel down. He doesn't say you have to raise your hands. He doesn't say, only Bethel songs, please. Only Bethel songs. He doesn't say, only hymns. He doesn't say it only counts when it's loud or only counts when it's quiet. He doesn't actually talk about any of the semantics. He doesn't talk about any of the forms of worship. What he says is this, that there are two very important things when it comes to worship, and it's this. Be led by the Holy Spirit and be as honest as you can possibly be. Be led by the Holy Spirit and be as honest as you can possibly be. And so we have to worship knowing that Jesus is living water and our spirit will only be satisfied if it encounters that living water. You know, we can chase down contentment and joy and purposefulness all our lives, but the only real satisfaction will come when our spirit comes to meet the Holy Spirit face to face. When we have an encounter, you may have heard the scripture that says, when deep calls to deep, that's what it's talking about. When the very depth of who you are, it, all the truth of who you are, 
as ugly and messy as you might think it is, meets the Holy Spirit is the moment that you have true worship. And that worship that Jesus is describing to his new friend, it's not 11 a.m. on Sunday. It's not an event. It's not a description of a worship service. That moment, Jesus is saying is that, look, this kind of worship is a lifestyle. It's an everyday way of life. It's an every moment choice. Worship is living in a perpetual inward posture that acknowledges that Jesus is our source, allowing every conversation, every business transaction, every major decision to be divinely prompted. I found this video this week that really communicates this, and I want to share it with you this morning, so take a look. for that. That was great. Hebrews 13, 15 says, through Jesus, 
Therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that openly profess his name. Now, in the Old Testament, when worshipers came to the temple, they brought a sacrifice with them. Another way to think of a sacrifice is a gift, okay? They brought something with them to give to God. Some examples from the Old Testament are um, an offering of fine flour or unleavened bank goods, baked goods. Some people brought a herd or a flock of animals. Others brought pigeons or birds. So in this verse in Hebrews, it is reminding us that Jesus, through Jesus, he was the ultimate sacrifice. So we don't any longer have to go through those rituals that the people did in the Old Testament. However, we still need to continue to offer God a sacrifice of praise or a gift of praise. So let me ask you this question today. When you came to worship today, what gift did you bring for Jesus? What sacrifice do you have to bring to the altar in worship this morning? And as we just saw, not just this morning, but in Hebrews says every time we decide to worship God, we have to not forget the sacrifice of praise. Okay, before you panic and like look through your pockets or go to your car and see what you can re-gift, let me explain to you a little bit about what this means, okay? What this gift to God means, what the sacrifice means. First, sacrifices always cost us something. Okay, the nature of the concept of sacrifice is the act of giving something up for something more valuable. Let me frame it this way. What do you have that you can give up to God to get something more valuable from God? What do you have that you can give to God and God can trade you for something more valuable? Perhaps it's your attitude towards a certain person or situation. Maybe it's unforgiveness against someone who has wronged you. Maybe it's a hope or a dream that hasn't come to pass and you're feeling a little impatient. What if you brought that to God today in exchange for something more valuable that God wants to give you? Like, what if you came to the Lord and said, look, my attitude is bad about this certain situation. I have unforgiveness in my heart about this person. I'm really mad at them. And you came to the Lord with that gift, if you will, with that sacrifice. And God says, great, you know what I'm going to give you in return? The grace to forgive them. I'm going to give you in return the plan of restoration so that relationship can get back on track. You know, sometimes... Our sacrifice and worship, I think often when we think of gifts or sacrifice, we think of something really good or really, you know, fancy or like this really well-wrapped gift. Of course, you'd want to bring it to Jesus. But sacrifices cost us something. I believe that sometimes our sacrifice or our gift in worship is actually to give up our stubbornness and our apathy towards engaging in worship. Because let's just be real, let's just real talk a little bit this morning, Right? Sometimes we come to this place and we don't feel like singing. Sometimes we've yelled at our kids the entire way here and we're just trying to like stop the tick of the frustration that we're feeling. Sometimes we don't like the music or we don't know it. Sometimes it's too loud or it's too quiet. Sometimes we're just discouraged. Sometimes we're distracted. And, And we come into worship and we just have this moment where we're like, okay, I mean, if you do something really great up there, maybe I'll give you one of these on one or three or four or two, whatever you want. And, we, and we, have, we have these stubborn, maybe apathetic moments. And maybe the sacrifice of prayer, sacrifice of praise on those days is this. Look, I don't feel like doing this, but I'm going to worship anyway. 
I don't feel like doing this. I'm a little bit uncomfortable, but I'm going to give my own feelings and I'm going to get on my face before God and I'm going to give him what little I do have. I'm going to give him the little bit I do have and I'm going to say to God, you know, I don't feel like worshiping today, but I'm not going to waste this time that belongs to you. So here I am in all the hot mess that I feel. Here I am. This is my sacrifice of praise. Will this be easy? No. Will this be uncomfortable? Yes. But sacrifices always cost us something. If it's easy to do, it's not a sacrifice. All right, second, sacrifices are personal. Sacrifices are personal. You can only bring a sacrifice for you. Okay, hear me say this. Other people can't praise for you. You can't sit in the back and watch those people praise and say, man, we gave God a lot of glory today. They did a good job. Or watch the people up here and say, we really give God the praise. No, actually, older people, older generation, you can't let the younger people do all the singing and the dancing and the shouting just because they have more energy. And younger generation, you can't rely on the older generation to be stable and consistent and show up and praise God for you. Mothers, you can't do it for your kids. Uh, Grandfathers, you can't praise God for your grandchildren. We can only offer the sacrifice of praise for ourselves. There's no shortcuts and there's no exceptions. And so let's go. Everybody, all in. Because you have one, one shot at this corporate worship thing this week on July 12th, 2020. And so let's jump in and you worship God on, on behalf of yourself, a personal sacrifice that you'll make. Number three, sacrifices take preparation. I want to read to you Psalm 100 verse 4. It says, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. I've read that verse so many times in my life, but this week when I was studying worship, something new jumped off the page to me, and that's this. The psalmist implies that the people came to worship, and as soon as they walked in the door, as soon as they entered the gates, they were worshiping. Okay, you know what that means? They didn't need coffee to wake them up. They didn't need a a warm-up song. All right, I'm just going to let this one go. I'll jump in next time. They didn't need, as they entered the gates, they were already praising God's name. What would happen if you prepared for this weekly worship experience with the same amount of thought and care as if you were packing for vacation or if you were going on a camping trip? What if you prepared maybe all week long, and you just said, look, I am going to get ready for that. What if Saturday night, before you came into the house of God, you said to yourself, you know what? I want to be ready for tomorrow. I want my heart turned to the presence of God. I'm going to get some rest tonight. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get up early. I'm going to examine my heart. I'm going to confess any sin that I'm dealing with. I'm going to take care of any distractions that might get in the way of me focusing tomorrow. What if you came in here already and you were already knee deep in the living water? Do you know how much deeper we could all go if we were already there? This just gets me a little excited (laughs) because if we come in prepared, if we come in already knee deep, corporately entering into the presence of God, we can even go deeper as we go together. I want to propose to you a strategy, an action step that I believe even if 25% of our church family follows it, it will change our church in an extraordinary way. Do you want to hear it? You got to shout at me if you want to hear it. All right. The language of corporate worship is we, okay? Corporate worship is not about all about I. So there needs to be the submission to God, of course, first, and submission to one another. 
And I want to challenge you to prepare for a sacrifice of praise when you come into the room each Sunday to glance around and ask God, who should I pray for today? Who should I pray for today? And maybe God will highlight someone that you don't even know. And you're going to say, God, I don't know that person's name. And God's going to say, it's okay, because I do. And you're going to say, well, I don't know what I'm praying for. And God's going to say, that's okay, because I know what they need. And what if you did that every single Sunday? You said, God, highlight some people in this room who I may or may not know. And, and help me know what burden can I help carry? Ask God if he has a message for someone in the room. You know that God may give you that message to walk across the room and tell them that you may be the answer to the prayers of someone else. And some of you are saying, I don't really talk to strangers. You do when God gives you a message for them, all right? Because that's going to burn inside of you so much. Some, somebody came to church today and said, God, I need to hear from you so badly. I'm about to give up. And you know what? You might be the person that God wants to use to go over to that person and say, don't give up. God still loves you. But you have to be ready. You have to come in prepared. And this idea is that not that we engage in this worship experience and it's all about us. Certainly God cares about our needs and we can come to the Lord with our personal needs. But he says, look, there's other people in the room and we are gonna engage together. And if we treat each other as a family, it is God's idea to speak to us as a family. Because after all, how will we operate as the body of Christ if we come in, sit down, half listen, half scroll, I see you, <laughs> and then leave the closest exit. How will we ever be the body of Christ if we do that? You know, last week uh, before service, a group of our church family was chatting, and a college student in the group uh, was sharing. Uh, they were just talking about their weeks, and he said, my week has been miserable. I live on a third-floor apartment with no air conditioning. And the two guys that were standing in the circle said, We'll go by a window unit. They have them at Home Depot. I love men. You guys are always trying to solve all the problems, right? Just go. They have them at Home Depot, aisle, aisle three. And the college student kind of hung his head and said, yeah, my problem is with my resources. Okay, so in other words, he was dead broke, okay? It was either lunch this week or an air conditioner, okay? So he was like, yeah, I know that they're there, but I just don't have the money to do it. And the one guy looked at the other guy and said, you want to split it with me? And they went to Home Depot during the second service and brought this student an AC unit. And they brought it back to him and they gave it to him after service. Man, I love my church. I love my church. This is what happens when you come prepared. You become, you're able to be that opportunity when God shows you an opportunity that you are able to work in community and do remarkable things. I want to tell you another way we're going to get prepared as a church, okay? We're going to launch something starting Monday, July 20th, which is a week from tomorrow, uh, together as a church family, and we're going to do God Strong 21 nonstop days of prayer and worship. All right, now we're going to need each other to accomplish this, right? Because none of us can do this on our own. The staff can't do it. Just the church council can't do it. We're all going to need each other to contribute to this 21 days of nonstop prayer and worship uh, as, as we go through this. Now, here's how it's going to work. We're going to send out uh, an email, a text. We're going to get that link to you, and you're going to get on the sign-up schedule. 
And on that link, you can sign up to pray and worship in one hour increments. You can pray for three hours a day or one hour a day, but you just have to pick them in one hour increments, okay? And as you do that, I want to challenge you to at least pray and worship one hour a week in the next three weeks, starting July 20th, okay? If everyone gave one hour a week, we could cover 24-7 prayer and worship easy. And so as we give those things, like I said, you can do more than that, but I want to challenge everyone to do at least one hour a week. And when that is your time, now I want you to put it on your uh, timer on your phone or your note on your mirror, whatever you do. Don't forget, because we're counting on each other. But in that moment, you can take a walk, you can stay at home, you can pray with your family, uh, you can... Um, you know, find a place where you are praying and, and you, you can do it no matter what. It doesn't require you to see anyone or leave your home. So even those that can't worship with us right now, uh, that you're home on Facebook Live, we're so glad you're part of our family. You can participate in this because it doesn't require you to do anything with other people. But we're going to cover 24 hours a day for three weeks from July 20th to August 9th. And in addition, we're planning three extra corporate worship and prayer times outside of Sunday. Uh, we'll send those out in the email so you know what time and place. If you're able to come, they're going to be right out here in the church, uh, the pavilion in the parking lot. We're going to be outside as long as the weather permits. And we're going to take some of that time to worship and pray together. And then on August 9th, we're going to gather together as the grand finale of the 21 days. And let me tell you something. You do not want to miss that Sunday. Because our church will have just covered 24-7 with 21 days of prayer and worship. You better believe that revival will be upon us, okay? So you mark August 9th to come and bring somebody with you because we are so excited to do this together as a church. We know that it will produce fruit and that we will sense and feel the presence of God. So make sure that you look at that this afternoon. It will come if you're an email person. It will come with your email. It's on social media. It's on our website. We want to make it easy for you. Again, we're going to start Monday, July 20th and end Sunday, August 9th, but you can start signing up even today so you can plan ahead and prepare. So let me wrap up our conversation about worship today so we can activate it. When we talk about sacrifices, sacrifices always cost us something. Sacrifices are personal and sacrifices take preparation. So as we worship here, these last few minutes of our service, I want you to really think about what you can give God today. And, and really every time you come in worship, maybe it's your attitude, maybe it's your thoughts, maybe it's your schedule, maybe you bring to Jesus the gift of your full attention. Like you say, all right, look, in these next 15 minutes, Jesus, it's all you. I'm, I'm just thinking about you. You tell me what you want me to hear. I'll, I'll hear anything from you. Maybe it's saying to, to the Lord, these are my plans. I surrender my plans to you. I surrender what I think it should look like to you. Maybe you bring even a gift that doesn't feel so uh, so happy and you just say, here's my heart, like I'm struggling, but here's my gift to you. And I, I do want to encourage you to use this space. I don't want to forget how to use the altar. So you're welcome to come up here. We can certainly social distance up here as well. But it takes practice. It takes action. Worship takes effort on our part. And Jesus always deserves the best that we have. So would you stand? We're going to finish this uh, practice about worship in worship. You learn to worship, by worshiping. So let me pray for us and then we'll worship today. God, I pray that we can worship the way that you ask us to in spirit and in truth. And that we could come to you as honestly as we know how, Lord. Maybe it's just saying, God, I haven't talked to you in a while. Or I don't really know how to do this worship thing. 
But you promise if we come to you honestly, you meet us right where we are, just like you did that woman at the well. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that in these next few moments, as we just turn our attention to you before we go off and go to lunch and pool parties and everything else we have planned today, God, I pray that we would just give you these few minutes, Lord, just have your way. We give you our lives, we give you our attitudes, we give you our thoughts, and we just love you. And it's in your strong name I pray, amen.
thank you that you are faithful through all things, that you have walked with us through all things, and that we can proclaim no matter what we've gone through or are going through, it is well with our soul. You are our strength. You're the strength of our heart and the strength of our soul. And we praise you for that. We thank you we can use worship as a weapon, worship as a reminder against the things that come against us. We love you and we praise you in this place today. Amen. Amen, amen. What a great morning. We're so glad you joined us. Hey, sign up for those 21 days of prayer and worship. Have a blessed week and we'll see you next Sunday at 9 or 11. Thank you for listening to the Erie First Podcast. If you like this podcast, please give us a rating and a review at Apple Podcasts. You can find all our series videos and podcasts at eriefirst.org, along with all our latest news, announcements, and information. Thanks again for joining us. We'll see you next time.